Three to Us on St. Paul by Father Francis Salmon. It might seem strange that St. Paul does not have a feast day of his own, except for that of his conversion on the 25th of January, but has to share one with St. Peter, who receives the lion's share of the day's liturgy. Yet it is natural for them to share the same day, for they are both apostles of Rome, and between them the teaching of the world was divided. By an agreement, St. Peter was entrusted with the gospel to the Jews, and St. Paul to the Gentiles. When we consider, however, how much of the world has received civilization from Europe, and how much European civilization owes to Christianity, which transformed its Greco-Roman inheritance, then, after Jesus, perhaps no one has influenced history more than St. Paul, who took the new Christian faith around the greater part of the Mediterranean. How did he achieve this? St. Paul was in a peculiarly well-placed position for carrying out his task, which of course he did not receive from any apostle, but, as he tells us, directly from God. For in one person he combined universal qualification. He was a Jew, a Hebrew of Hebrews, so had a profound training in the scriptures which the Christian faith fulfills. He grew up in Tarsus, where Greek was spoken, so he spoke the language of a great part of the eastern Mediterranean region. And, as he came from Tarsus, he also had the rights of a Roman citizen, with free access to every country in the Roman Empire, which covered most of Western Europe, the Balkans, the Middle East and Northern Africa. Although he received his calling directly from God, he was careful to check his gospel with St. Peter, so that he preached in conformity with the head of the Apostles. St. Paul also combined indomitable courage with tireless energy. Travelling in the ancient world on foot or by ship was a hazardous business. On land, robbers and wild beasts could appear at any time on the road. Everyone had to keep constant watch on his possessions in the hostels on the way. The Mediterranean Sea was only safe enough for the wooden ships of those days during a part of the year, from April to October. As St. Paul tells us, he faced more dangers than any of the other apostles. But he saw in all the difficulties which he met the sign of his own weakness, through which the power of God worked. The overwhelming power belongs to God, not to us. Although St. Paul was a dynamic person, often on the move to take the gospel to new regions in Greece like Philippi and Corinth, and keen to press on with his journeys, we should not overlook that out of the twenty years from his first mission in AD 46 until his martyrdom in 66 or 67, as many as eight of those years were passed in prison, in Ephesus for two years, in Caesarea awaiting trial, and his final years in Rome, at first under house arrest and then in prison. But, as he wrote to Timothy, 
He was in chains, but the gospel could not be tied up. These times of inactivity were no doubt opportunities for quiet reflection from which his great letters came forth. Sometimes we can achieve more, or God can effect more through us, in a time of enforced inactivity than through activity. Although St Paul was well equipped by his place of birth and character for his mission, he was not a likely choice. The first time we hear of him, he is standing by and approving the stoning of St Stephen. The next time, he is on his way to Damascus to persecute and perhaps put to death Christians there, in the present-day Syria. And then something wholly unexpected in a flash happened. How was it that a Jew, heading for Damascus to persecute Christians, ended up by leaving Damascus as a Christian, being chased by Jews. In between, St Paul, always resolute and energetic, was struck down on the road by a vision in which he encountered the risen Christ, asking him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? St Paul's life was overturned in this moment. From now on, he no longer wanted to put his confidence in blameless observation of the old law, that is the Jewish Torah, but solely in the new righteousness that comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ. Indeed, he counted the whole of his previous life as loss compared with the surpassing value of knowing Christ. All that St Paul wanted to do from now on was to have a share in the sufferings of Christ so that he could know the power of his resurrection. As he told the Corinthians, he did not try to compete in the terms of the wisdom of this world, but only wanted to make known to them Christ crucified. St Paul's whole life and work can be summed up in a single phrase, the desire to know Christ and to make him known. As St Thomas Aquinas comments on the letters of St Paul, it is not enough just to be illumined, but also to bring light to others. The extraordinary effectiveness of St Paul's preaching and evangelising came from a life of contrary appearances. As he described it, we are afflicted but not crushed perplexed but do not despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may be manifested to you. Death is at work in us but life in you. As his outer nature was being worn away, so his inner self was renewed from day to day. St Paul saw that as the human race had not been able to find salvation in its own wisdom, and the ancient Greeks especially set value by wisdom, God chose to save us not by wisdom but by the cross, Christ crucified, which appears folly to the world but is the power and wisdom of God working through human weakness. 
We might say today that clearly natural science, the wisdom of our age, has not brought us salvation, but also pollution of the natural world and the means of untold destruction. If we want to find salvation, like St. Paul, we need to turn to Christ, who was crucified in weakness, but raised by the power of God. Finally, St. Paul kept going, not by his determination and strength, but because he was someone who fixed his sight far ahead with faith. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are unseen are eternal. He pressed on to the goal of coming to Christ above in heaven, so that, as he awaited death in his final imprisonment in Rome, he could write to Timothy, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. May we pray for the grace to do the same.